You're watching the Simple Man Podcast with Damien. And Nikki Rod, the brains of the operation. The <clears throat> brains, the backbone. It, it was actually, it was your idea to start a podcast, right? Or was it mine? No, I had one in, um, I had one when we were living in North Jersey training. In. I remember that. What is that called? Is that still out? That was uh, Nikki Rod All Access. And um, I kind of just started it because I thought that'd be some. I, first of all, I liked doing podcasts, and then second of all, I was like, it, it's valuable to be good at talking, and which I was previously really not good at. So um, yeah, put some put some time Damn. behind the mic. We got Leo sneaking in here. Yeah, <clears throat> you got him. Yeah. So then that was in North Jersey, and then how did we? How did we start the podcast? I'm, was it not my idea to do all three of us? Or was it your idea? I think all the best things that happened in my life, they were your idea. Never happened. Yeah, I think it was kind of like, like you brought it up. Like, oh, we should do one together. And um, I think it's a good idea to do it together just because like, fuck, I'm not like, I'm just not a talker sometimes. I have days that I come in, I'm like exhausted from training. And it's easier for all of us to chat a little bit than it is for one guy to attack that's true it would be a lot with just one person yeah but like I've, uh, I've done multiple episodes um solo on my on the nikki rod all access podcast just to make sure i could i can hold a conversation with myself <laughs> you're holding a conversation with, with yourself myself, yeah so uh i mean that's a little bit different but theo vaughn does a podcast it's called like this past weekend and sometimes it's just him talking for like 40 minutes dude he has some viral clips yeah Viral clips. You see the one with jujitsu? I, I feel like I've seen a few. <laughs> he's like, he's like talking about. He's like, there's this thing called jujitsu, and it's like a man is trying to hide a raspberry <laughs> from another man behind him. <laughs> they both are trying to get something that they both don't have. It's like it's just a, a funny ass clip. You guys should look it up. Yeah, but it's such an interesting way of like thinking. Yeah, but anyways, so just Nikki Rod and I right now, Ethan. Was supposed to be here, but he's getting a couch for his new apartment. Getting a couch, and then also he d he is getting ready for trials. We have a bunch of guys coming up for trials this weekend. You're leaving tomorrow. Yeah, I leave right. tomorrow. Go head into Jersey. Go see mom. Go uh, go just hang around at the trials and the and the ADCC Open. I'm also going to be selling uh, selling some jerky. I have a, a carne jerky stand, so I'll be at um, trials. At trials, Stephen gonna be there. Uh, not Steven, but I have some ladies working the working the counter, working, nice. working the booth. Sick. Yep. So that, that, that's that's huge. Nice. Yeah, we we only have a limited stock, like a few hundred bags. So I'm thinking we might sell out the second day, and um, it'll be good. Fuck yeah. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Nikki Rod. If you're looking to support the Simple Man Podcast and myself, please check out CarneJerky.com. C A R N E J E R K Y. Just want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors, Massive Supplements and Violent Hippie. Use code SIMPLEMAN, all caps, for 15% off both of those companies. Massive Supplements, trademarked Smashing Greens, Smashing Reds, very nutrient-dense foods. I personally use their creatine and BCAs during my workout and sometimes even before the workout. For Violent Hippie, they have soaps, USDA, CBD oils, t-shirts, rash guards, you name it, owned by... Former Navy SEAL Mitch Aguiar, you simple man, to get 15% off. Guys, Violent Hippie, massive supplements, get the smashing greens, smashing reds, all the vitamins, nutrients you need to get that body that you want.
Natty Rod style. What's up, y'all? It's Damian Anderson and Nikki Rod from the Simple Life Podcast. We're here to let you know that our merch is live. You know, you guys want some t-shirts, some fancy cups, support the Simple Man Podcast and get our merch. Link well, do you gamble? Yeah, I like gambling. Yeah, yeah what do you play? Actually, my grandma was a uh, gambling addict. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's in your blood. It is in my blood, yeah. Some what? of my some of my dad's sisters too are, are a little hooked I, on it. Actually my, my grandpa was a uh my grandpa on my dad's side was actually a gambling addict too. When, when we have like uh, cookouts or like family barbecues, we eat and we play and we gamble all night. What do you guys play? We'll play crafts, we'll play poker. Wow. Um, all that shit. What yeah. do you what do you play if you're out at like Atlantic? Are you gonna gamble I, this weekend? I gamble a little bit. Yeah. What are you gonna play? I I like craps because at least I I hold the dice and like I'm I, <laughs> I hold my fate in my hands. You know, I'm not letting you. You can control it. Yeah, you're not handing me cards. I, I'm making the decision. Craps so, is fun. Oh, craps man. and and you can I can kind of understand the odds a little bit, and you have there's a lot of ways to win in craps too. Like you know you could you could double down on the pass line. You could um you know you could. You have this weird payout where it's like 176 to to one, where if you get like all all the numbers come out before the seven, then you get a uh, you get that that mm-hmm. those odds. Yeah, so I I do like craps. There was one the I, I don't gamble that often, but there was one time it was actually in Vegas for ADCC. I was kind of just pissed off and uh, I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go gamble if I'm in Vegas. And then are you gonna call? Yes, yeah, I'll talk about it, guys. Don't worry. Let me just get. J-Rod. I'll be. I'll be the, uh, the the driving force of the podcast right now. But I'm in Vegas, and I wanted to gamble. So I decided to play craps. When I'm playing craps with my friends, I never actually played craps. So my one buddy's telling me how to actually uh, play the game. And they get you because they give you the free drinks, you know? And I'm playing craps, and I'm down a couple hundred bucks, kind of pissed off. But then I finally go up. I make my money back, and I have this this uh, stack first, like profit. I give what I put in initially, what I lost, so I was even. I gave it to my girlfriend. I started playing with the money that was like profit. And then she's like, okay, and I've been playing for hours now. Maybe not even an hour, but maybe like 30 minutes to an hour. And then she goes to the bathroom. As soon as I come back, I lose all the money, and I'm like, Give me the chips. She's like, she's like, well, you just told me to hold on to it. I was like, give me the fucking chips. And then I go play and then I lose it all. So gambling's not my favorite thing. I'm very bad at it. I think we also have a, a guest coming in a few minutes. We decided to start the podcast a little bit early, but we do have a guest. Uh, he owns Colorado Craft Beef. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit. I am curious to hear how his, how he started his business. You know, I'm very... I'm very interested in how these entrepreneurs build successful businesses as an aspiring, you know, business or entrepreneur myself. You know, I have B Team New Jersey, obviously. Uh, Nikki Rod also has B Team headquarters, but then also Car- Carne Jerky that he's growing as well. So we're we're very entrepreneurial mind minded. So it's going to be interesting to hear from this guy. You know how he actually built the the podcast, or sorry, not the podcast, but his business. So. Can you give us your your story, your rundown? You know, what what is uh, Colorado Craft Beef? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Colorado Craft Beef is obviously a direct consumer beef company. You guys have seen the beef. You guys have eaten the beef. I hope. I didn't try it. Yeah, Nikki Rod said it was really good, though. Perfect. Yeah, so yeah. Nikki's just holding it all for himself. This guy's just selfish. <laughs> selfish, you know. Um. Uh, so, you know, 
really, uh, Colorado craft beef is the genesis of my wife's idea. So my wife is actually a fifth generation rancher. Wow. Uh, I just married up. Okay. Okay. So if you're going to get married, be the ugly one and, uh, marry up. And I took care of both of those. I'll take notes. I'll take notes. I'm usually, I'm definitely the ugly one. Yeah. Uh, So, so you married up and, uh, your wife, the the business was already started and now you kind of took over. What what, what is the, no. uh, So the commercial ranch has been operating since 1913. So just in the cattle space. Okay. Um, my wife then actually went to Texas tech and then WT up in Canyon and she has a master's degree in cow nutrition. So you start talking about all the different things that go into the feeding cycle, uh, how, how good steak comes about things, uh, and what drives meat quality. That's really what she went to school for. Uh, I, on the other hand, am a business dork. I'm a spreadsheet guy. I come from finance. I came from the private equity world. Okay. Uh, but we both also came from corporate sales. So what's interesting is, from an economic standpoint, if you're raising cattle in a commercial setting the way my father-in-law does and has done since the 70s, you know you hope to make about $100 an animal. It's not exceptionally profitable. So you have to run a lot of cattle to make some money. And the return on capital is just not great. Mm. And based on our skill set and the market, we got to the point that it's like, hey, let's, uh, let's go a different direction. Uh, started the company in 2017. Uh, went high level right out of the gate, you know, shipping nationally the first week. Wow. Uh, and then through that and how I met Nikki and a lot of other people in the jujitsu community, I started training in 2020. Um, and then, uh, Pre COVID time, huh? Oh dude, our little girl, our oldest girl was born November of 19. Oh, man. and I was holding her in the hospital and I was like 37. And since then I'm down like 80 pounds. Wow. Wow. That's and, awesome. Which, you know, I still got some work to do. But, you know, beer and cookies are still pretty good. Uh, and uh, I, I got into jujitsu, and then, of course, COVID hit. Couldn't train a whole lot. Found a way to make it work. And then started at Denver Compound uh, in downtown Denver. Uh, oh, okay. First, okay. Of, uh, first of January 2021 after COVID kind of cleared up. What's the whole deal behind, like, uh, grass-fed versus grain-fed beef? There's a lot to it. Okay. Uh, so... Grass finished is something that's less than 3% of the market mm-hmm. of all the fed beef in the United States. And fed beef is a totally different tranche of beef. That's cattle under 30 months of age uh, that are basically destined for a box. That's their job. Mm. Uh, what, what does that mean, destined for a box? They're going to go to steak. They're not going to okay. be reproductive. They're not going to be uh, bulls. Okay. They're not going to be cows. They're, their whole job is to go feed the population. Okay, okay. Uh, so, you know, less than 3% of the national market is grass finished. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when people say grain fed, you can throw that out the window. Nothing's grain fed. It's only finishing. Um, so that last 120 days of the cattle growth cycle is the finishing process, especially on the grain side, you know, 120 to 150 days yeah. where we're feeding them a balanced ration with some uh, concentrates in it that make that bright white fat that we all love to cook. And you know, that flat, that fat flavor that helps feed our brain, um, that char flavor is called the Maillard reaction. And you don't get really get the Maillard reaction in grass finished beef because the fat profile is different. So how, how late, like what's considered finished the last hundred or so, or so days. He said 120, 120, 120 days. Yeah. 120 so, to 150. So what do they eat besides grass? Uh, some corn, you'll have some hay, mm-hmm. maybe some, other byproducts like we feed flaxseed, we feed 
um, other byproducts of other industries like the ethanol industry or, and it's all super, super regional. So Mm -hmm. if you're in where I grew up in Oregon, one of the things that's fed out a lot of the feed yards up there is actually bread waste Mm. from bakeries. Wow. Because you have bread dough and everything else just gets mixed in because it's got a lot of starch. Mm. Um, Because really what you're trying to do in that finishing quotient for the cattle is you're trying to take them uh, from like a yellow fat. When you get truly grass finished beef or you're, you know, somewhere else in the world and you get fat that has kind of a yellow flavor or a yellow color Mm. and you eat it and it tastes kind of gamey, right? It's Mm -hmm. got like this pungent kind of, I'm not a huge fan of the flavor, but if I want that flavor, I eat deer. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a lot of beta carotene in the fat. So when you get beef from us, you get that bright white fat. That's because they were fed a concentrate ration and that concentrate starch, uh, you know, heavier diet for the last 120 days actually flushes all the beta carotene out of the fat. And that's where you get that buttery finish that you're after, you know, like on your Nikki Rod Eats channel, right? Yep. <laughs> what does like, a, like if a cow was in the wild, what's, what's it eating? Uh, so if they're on pasture at the ranch, they're eating whatever's out there. You know, yeah. they eat a lot of native grasses, mm-hmm. but it's interesting to watch because, you know, like Rogan will say, cows won't eat grain. It's not natural. Mm-hmm. We have sunflowers all over the ranch, except in the pastures. Mm-hmm. And if you drive cattle down the road, uh, horseback, like we have to move them, mm-hmm. they will mow the sunflowers. Really? Yeah. Yes. Wow. It's, there's different things they love to eat. Um, and they love, you know, different flavors. So there are some people that will say, well, we have a grain finished diet, but our cattle are on pasture, so they have access to grass. Well, that'd be like my two-year-old being like, hey, you got a bowl of salad and a bowl of ice cream. You need to make good decisions. It's not yeah. going to work. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting to watch some of the talking points. Um, but some of the most interesting parts are the grass-fed versus, or excuse me, grass-finished versus grain-finished. You know, grain-finishing is actually a lower-carbon footprint. Hmm. because those cattle are growing faster. They're converting better. Hmm. They're producing less methane, which is the whole cow fart. Cow fart. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it's not cow farts. Everybody's like, oh, it's cow farts. No, it's what actually it? burps. Burps. Yeah, oh, really? When you really? see it's cow- that much? That yeah. it's like well, when you see them chewing their cud, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what they do is they're regurgitating out of their first stomach, and they're re-chewing their food. That's where the methane actually comes from. Oh, oh. wow. So when Congress is talking about cow farts, I oh, mean... Y- y'all aren't even on the right end of the critter. Mm, yeah. <laughs> You're completely turned around. Okay. I, I do have a question. Why um, Why is there such a big thing with grass-finished or grass-fed beef? It's like I actually heard that corn-fed tastes better. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Why is that a, such a big thing, this grass-fed or grass-finished? Well, so there's a couple different things that will happen. If we have a grass-finished beef versus a grain-finished beef, mm-hmm. aging is a big part of it, right? Like aged steak, that's what everybody's after. Mm-hmm. You really can't age grass-finished steak because the aging is basically letting it hang in a cooler and it starts to break down. And if you don't have enough of a fat cover, it'll actually get into the meat. The meat will go rancid. Mm. So if you want truly aged beef, the odds are, I mean, 95 98% of it is all grain-finished. So you can get the aging breakdown. You get that different flavor profile. And then the other thing you get is what's called marbling. So when you look yeah. at the steak and you see the the fat inside the marbling mm-hmm. or inside the muscle inside tissue. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's called intermuscular marbling or inter, intermuscular fat. And when you cook that steak on a grill, that fat starts to break down, creates little voids in the meat. So now your tenderness is better. And that's where you get that char factor because that fat converts with the heat. And that's really where a lot of the flavor comes down to. Yeah. Like that good marbling, right? Yeah. Uh, so what determines when, 
a cow goes to be bred or get milked or like die in a box or whatever, you know, whatever you said, like, mm-hmm. how, how do they determine that? Well, so most of the milking stuff is predetermined. Like the dairy and the beef sector don't really interact. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So yeah. yours is, or the, the ranch is just milk for, for ours is ranch, just right? beef. Ours is a strictly oh, sorry, yeah, beef. Just, yes. just beef, yeah. But beef cows look different, right? They're like brown and whatnot. Well, they are. So you have oh, you have different that. breeds in the dairy industry. You have Holsteins. Those are the black and white cows. You see. Okay, yeah. okay. That's then you see the other ones. They're called Jerseys, and they're kind of lighter brown. They have the whiter, like a lighter colored face. Those are more common in butter because the fat content in Jersey milk is exceptionally higher. So that's how they make butter. Holsteins make mostly milk. Um, then there's other stuff depending on where they're at in the world. Yeah. But it's typically breed specific. So the dairy breeds have been optimized to produce more milk. Uh, now, granted, when that cow reaches the end of her useful life, she will usually go into burger. But what's a bur- burger? Burger. Oh, burger. Oh, burger. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> energy drink caught up to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it'll, they'll go into a burger program or, you know, lower quality steak cuts. Like if you're eating at Applebee's and you're getting the shrimp and steak and you don't ever see the steak, that's probably a Holstein. Okay. Or, or it's an old, you know, mother cow from a beef operation because at the end of the day, all those cattle do end up going into some sort of protein. Mm, Yeah. 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 That makes Mm. sense. What age do is the optimal time to actually like, you know, kill the animal and then, Mm -hmm. you know, butcher it. Like what's, what's the ideal age? So typically in a grain finished setting, you're going to be somewhere between 16 months and two years old. Okay. Wow. Wow. So, uh, and that's why it's so hard. Like, you can see the chicken industry and the pork industry, they, they can change things so quickly because a pig, if they harvest a pig, that pig is four to six months old. Mm-hmm. A chicken is like two months old. Short but, life. Super short life. Time, yeah. yeah, well, but if you think of the math, like, oh, we're going to change this. We're going to breed for a smaller frame. We're yeah. going to breed for more muscle. You know, how are we going to independently select to get the, the genealogy to go the direction we need to do for the economic side of the business yeah in a chicken you get dozens of turns a year or Mm -hmm. in a pig's world you get two or three a year Mm -hmm. the cattle industry you get one every two years yeah so the the cattle industry turns exceptionally slowly just based on the long lead time Mm -hmm. interesting but the interesting math how many cows do you think we harvest in the united states every week all right so i was just gonna i was gonna ask like for the year but I realize I don't have the slightest clue. I have no idea. Every week, 10,000. It has to be no, more higher. than that. It's higher, There's yeah. 330 higher. million people. Yeah. Well, and, and, some, and a lot of our beef gets exported. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Per week? Yeah, per week. Or you can go by the year. I mean, either way. Dude, yeah. It, <laughs> we think 50K a year? 50K a week? No. Oh. It gets exported too? Mm-hmm. I, my guess is... Is... Two hundred fifty thousand a week. You're almost there. You're only halfway there. It's six hundred thousand a week. Fucking wow, hell. that's crazy. Yeah. What an industry. Now we harvest two hundred million pigs a year. Two hundred million. Yeah, because it's thirty-five million cows. It's around two hundred million pigs, and it, wow. or excuse me, a hundred. Maybe it's a hundred million pigs. Forgetting the math, but it is two billion chickens. Two billion with a B. Is, it, is there a, spe- a specific part of our country where we, we harvest the most uh, cows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the feeding triangle, is what it's called. So okay. Denver to Omaha to Amarillo. Damn. So a lot of Iowa, some in Iowa, 
a lot of Nebraska, almost all of Kansas, where we live in eastern Colorado, mm. all over the place. Um, there's two big harvest facilities on the beef side in eastern Colorado, and they each harvest 6,000 head a day, six wow. days a week. So 6,000, like, they, like they're killing for 6,000 cows a day. Damn, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. It's a lot of yeah. food. It's, well, it, and that's the hard part when everybody's like, we got to change this, we got to change that, or, you know, I love Rogan, and I, I grew up hunting, I love to hunt. There's only a couple million elk. Yeah. You're talking a few weeks. Like yeah. there, there's wow. just order of magnitude of what we're, what we need to do as a country. Yeah. And then we are the only, one of the only countries in the world that can actually grow grain to feed to cows because in sub-Saharan Africa, you grow grain to feed to people. Yeah. yeah. Like wow. Argentina, Brazil, Australia will feed some grain. Almost the entirety of the rest of the world feeds all the grain to their people. Or they feed it to a monogastric, which is pigs, chickens, things like that. Wow. So yeah. who are our biggest exports? Like who do we export for beef? this? For beef, yeah. yeah. Like who, who's buying all of our stuff? What's the biggest? So there, so I'll, I'll give you some background and I want to hear what you guys think. Okay. So typically, if we look across the globe, the first thing someone's going to increase or change when their station in life changes is their protein. First thing they're going to change. It's going to be their diet. They're not going to get new shoes. They're not going to update their house. They're going to get better food. That usually means protein. Okay, okay. So look at China. Look at the eastern part of Asia. You know, Japan is very big on beef, of course. China's big on beef. Uh, the southeast, uh, southeast Asia, you know, Thailand and all of those. All And in India, they don't eat as much beef, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. But as you look around the world... People are starting to move to beef. And then the next thing is they want American beef. I've really? got, oh yeah, I've got friends that live in South Korea and they're like, you know, you go to the, the high end butcher shops and it's all US beef. That's wow. the that's the the gold standard. Really? Um, yeah, we've got friends in Europe because they have a whole different way of how they feed cattle over there. But in Europe, I've talked to people that are veterinarians over there that were educated in the States. And I oh, said, wow. Hey, what what do you guys miss the most? And they'll say, we miss a good steak because you really can't get it in Europe. Cause they treat their animals different. They do. They, they have a non GMO policy. So they don't grow a lot of grain. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't castrate the bulls. So when we, f- well, you know, when you guys get beef from us, those are steers. Those are when those calves were two to three months old, they were castrated. Yeah. Well, the bulls, they, they don't castrate in Europe. So you get a, 800 pound bull that never got a chance to mature that never got a chance to put on marbling and was pumped full of testosterone. So the muscles tougher. So the steaks in Europe are just junk. They're just oh, tough. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They're tough. They're gamey. That's like, that's why like Wiener schnitzel is a big thing in Austria. Cause you pound the living shit out of a steak and then mm-hmm. bread it and fry it. I'm like, it's like, of course it's going to be good there. Yeah. Then, yeah. Why, don't you, why don't you put some sauce on it? Too, yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's like a chicken nugget at that point. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's interesting when you look at all the things around the world and, and how agriculture moves. So, you know, I do a lot of business consulting in the ag space. Uh, I've worked in a lot of different ag industries. Like I used to call on a Coors. I used to call on all sorts of different people. And it's interesting as you see all of it flow together. Because there's a lot of people that will say, you got to change this industry. I'm like, hold on. Because that's got like seven layer effects behind it that are going to update and change other industries. So when you say, you know, what are you feeding them where we live, there's a lot of corn, there's a lot of ethanol. We feed a lot of byproducts out of those industries to cows. We're upcycling stuff that is otherwise useless. I gotcha. 
Same thing in almost every micro region of the country. Um, actually, Chad Mendez. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's bare knuckle now, yep. yeah, but yeah. of course, you know who Chad is. Mm-hmm. He's partnered up with a beef company out of California, and they're feeding ground almond holes because they're they're in the Central Valley. There's a lot of almond holes, and it's a byproduct, so they're crushing them up and mixing them in the feed because mm-hmm. there's a lot of fat content. Same concept. It's they're yeah. upcycling stuff that we can't utilize. Yeah. Damn. Interesting. 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 So just looking at, um, you know, Colorado craft beefs, Instagram, you guys grew like it's a pretty, pretty big, uh, social media following that you guys have built. How did you go about building that with just, you know, just a beef company? You know, like mm-hmm. what was the, the model? Like, how did you get your names out? How did you market? Uh, same way you guys would, right? Who, who do you partner with? Who do you talk to? Where do you put your name? Yep. Uh, sending steak to people helps a lot. Mm, like the product <laughs> kind of sells itself type of thing? Yeah, to a degree. But also, you know, there's an implied contract that when you send somebody some stuff, they'll at least say something. It's not a huge deal if they don't. I mean, sometimes you're just doing people a solid. Uh, but when we started the company and we started reaching out, uh, we, we got very fortunate in the fact that we landed very, very well within the keto and carnivore diet community. Oh, wow. So, when did you when did you guys uh, start again? 2017, we launched the website. We started shipping beef in 2018. And that was probably at the beginning of the, the keto hype, right? The- it was already going, but okay. it was really interesting because there's another company that's very popular, was very popular in the keto space. And then it, right about that time became known that they were importing all their beef from Australia. And what's the problem with that? Because they weren't very transparent with it. Okay, okay. They they weren't. You had to like dive into their. You couldn't. You can't find it still today. You can't find it on their website through your phone. You have to mm-hmm. go on through a desktop and know where to look. Oh, wow, wow. And that became very very well known. And then everybody got in that space, got a little up in arms, and went direct to ranchers. And we happened to time it. We just got lucky. Yeah. Um, so people like Dr. Sean Baker, that wrote the carnivore diet, Mm-mm. uh, he's one of our guys, um, you know, Danny Vega, we've worked with a few different people. Rogan actually started following us in like 19 or in like 2019. Wow. Wow. Um, we've been called out on Rogan's show a couple of times. Nice. Nice. Um, and then, you know, with our tie into a lot of the military groups, like I've been on Andy Stumpf's podcast and Glover's podcast and just trying to get the word out. That's helped a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, but just finding crews that you resonate with, right? Or, you know, the jujitsu community has been great to us, um, to our, to how Nikki and I met. Um, how did you guys meet? Through Jocko's, through Jocko Fuel. Oh, wow, yeah. wow. So we just recently closed the deal and we partnered up with Jocko and Pete and Brian nice. of Jocko Fuel. A bunch of their guys came in, some guys that work with Jocko. So all those guys individually are now part of the beef company. Awesome. Um, and with that, uh, just eight weeks ago, uh, we purchased our own harvest facility. So now we own the entire chain top to bottom. Sick. Wow, awesome. awesome. Congratulations on that. Thanks. It, it was a long, long road. But, yeah. uh, you know, I it, as the humble white belt in the room, rolling with Brian was nothing short of torture. <laughs> Actually, he looked at me. How long have you been training? I was like, like two years, I think. He's like, your base should be better. <laughs> well, we were rolling nogi, which is only at that point that was only like the fourth time I'd done nogi. Today was the seventh. Okay, I'm okay. not a nogi guy. I'm more of a gi guy, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize the loss in translation. And it's like, well, my base is pretty good when I can hold on to your pants. When I can, yeah. when I have some handles, like 
because mm-hmm. I'm a ranch kid. We wrestle cows. Like my mm-hmm. base is pretty good when I'm holding something down. Yeah. Except for Dean today, that guy. Yeah. I mean, all you know, you guys, man, it's like you guys are like greased up coming in there. It's slippery. <laughs> if you haven't done it before, especially when you're when you're used to that friction between the two geese. Yeah. It's like when there's no gi, oh man, it's well, slippery. Yeah. And Dean today was walking me through a bunch of different grips, like to get entries into an arm drag. Which and, Dean? Uh, skinnier guy? Skinny? Small guy? The, tw- or the twin, right? The twin. Okay. Twin. Okay. I know. The Dean, yeah. right? Do you ever yeah. um you ever wrestle cow one on one? Yeah. 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 I mean. A lot of times what will happen is, uh, like when we're branding, Mm -hmm. a person on a horse will actually rope the back feet Mm -hmm. and heal them and drag them to you. And then you just hold them down. And a lot of times it's almost like a gift wrap. You basically, or a Kimura almost, Mm -hmm. you basically knee on the back of the neck, knee on the shoulder, arm pulled back, and you just rest into it. What's it called when you see a, uh, a cowboy, right? He's on the ground, bulls like just getting released and cowboys around the neck and he flips them. I don't know. Mm. Being in the bad bad spot that's what it sounds like. I think, to I me. think I've seen it like uh, as a sport. You remember, remember yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Um, we did one time, or they who's did one next? time on who's, who's next? next. Who's next was like a show, and they had a competition for some jujitsu athletes, and they put them against like you know a younger bull, mm-hmm. and they started off with uh, with the like hands wrapped around the bull, and they they let them loose, and they're supposed to like you know. Flip oh, the they're supposed over. to mug them down. Yeah, or, or, yeah. Or, or or steer wrestling. Steer wrestling. Steer that wrestling. sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So in the in the Rodeo world, you do that off a horse at full speed. Oh, yeah, from a horse. You drop it down into it. Yeah, it, you you basically come down and, like, scoop the horn as you yeah. come by. And as you drop down, your feet come out in front. You grab the nose and you twist them over. Yo, Shit, that's crazy. F that. Not my jam. <laughs> <laughs> Looks intense. It yeah. does, it does. Yeah. Dude, that so. was when Andrew Tackett, he, like, he didn't even do it right because, like, you're supposed to, like, point the... Uh, point the the nose like to the left right or something yeah. or to the right whatever and then they kind of flip themselves over yeah he just grabbed he didn't grab the horns he like grabbed the neck and he did a forward roll over the over, over the, the uh you know over the, the head, bull yeah. or whatever yeah and the bull like landed on top of him you could have like really got hurt yeah, no, that, <laughs> was, that was risky man dude yeah i'm surprised that it got approved <laughs> I, that's asking for someone to die yeah. it was for a reality show for jiu-jitsu who's next you ever see it i haven't i gotta look it up now. so yeah it's a flow grappling reality series and they had the guys steer wrestle, and mm-hmm. Andrew Tackett could have died. Well, well you know what's a, what's a bit risky as well. Like in ADCC, they have they have these guys like compete out of bounds, and it's like it's like the out of bounds is maybe like a, a four foot piece of mat, mm-hmm. but it's not that much more money to make it like a ten foot piece of mat. So you have time to stop people from wrestling on the concrete. Yeah, and like nobody's been really. Injured. Some people have like yeah. tore ACLs and stuff like that from the stepping on the concrete and slipping. But man, it's like it's it's a it's risky. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah at that level, man, they got to be doing a little more to take care of you guys. Yeah, like, I agree. for sure. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, and especially with, I, I was actually just talking to my Uber driver and, you know, he was talking to MMA and he's like, you know, a guy gets out at 32, you know, how much money did he make in his career? How messed up is he? Yeah. Same concept, like a jujitsu athlete, you know, you can compete forever, but where's the monetary side of that? When does that time out? I mean, 
you got to be able to make money while you can. Yeah, I think some of the athletes have are very uh, short sighted. They're not. They don't have many long term goals. Hmm. It's like it's good to be successful in now, but you know, there's a lot of things you can do to set up your future for uh, for success. And people kind of miss that mark. Sometimes. I feel like yeah. setting up for the future is is uh, the biggest thing. It's like some of the athletes. Um, yeah, they're just focused on competing, but it's like, are, are they trying to build a brand? Are they trying to build a business that they're building now? So then by the time that, you know, they're done competing with an athletic career that they can now fall back on type of thing. Yeah, like, like Gronk, you know, Gronkowski's business model. He never spent any of his sponsorship dollars. Mm-hmm. He lived on his salary, put all the sponsorship dollars away. So when he got out of the NFL, he had the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah. I didn't even know he did that. That's amazing. Yeah, there's been, I think, just a handful of guys that were that smart. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I went to college with some guys that went to the NFL. And, man, when we were seniors in college, they were getting double cortisone shots on both shoulders every week. And I'ah. I'm like, that's tough. That's going to have a that's, that's going to have a timeline on it that's not going to end well. Damn. So. All right. I do have a question about steak again. Sure. What is the difference between Wagyu and Kobe beef? So that's a breed. So Kobe and Wagyu are just different breeds totally of cattle. Different. Okay. Um, but it depends because you can get Wagyu beef in the U.S. and you have to be careful what you're buying because it could be American Wagyu, which means it was a Wagyu bull on a Angus cow. So it's half-bred Wagyu. Oh, okay. okay. Kobe is monitored a little more closely because Wagyu is basically – graded in the same qualification as every other steak around here where Kobe is on its own grade. You know, if you go to Vegas, you go get a a five Wagyu or a five Kobe. Uh, it's just top notch stuff uh, where Wagyu can get a little watered down. And it's like uh, the fat content in it is like more f- the fattier, the better kind of deal. Kind of. Um, so the breed is more, t- has a higher tendency to put down internal marbling. Mm-hmm. Now the flip side of that is they convert like absolute crap. So mathematically you got to feed them for almost a year. Oh, wow. They don't convert very well. You got to feed the living heck out of them, which is why it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but they will put down more fat internally. Do they prevent them from like exercising and stuff as well to be like, no, no. I mean, you really can't. Yeah. I mean, you can have them in smaller pens, but that's really not good for you. Because if they yeah. get, if they get non-ambulatory, you can't take them to a harvest facility. Yeah. Okay. What does that mean? If they can't walk. Oh. oh. Like uh, the USDA facility that we own and operate, it's inspected. There's a USDA inspector there all the time, and if an animal cannot walk into the facility by themselves, they may not be harvested. And why is that? For animal welfare. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. If like, so you're saying um, that one facility does like 6,000 heads a day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how much land do you need to harvest that kind of cow? I mean, that, that facility is not small by any means. Yeah. But it's not as big as you would probably think. It's but, pretty but you're big. not talking like 10 acres. You're talking maybe hundreds of acres? Um, I would say that whole site for the one in Fort Morgan might be a couple hundred acres. Yeah. But, you know, you've got holding pens. You've got room because... I mean, the amount of trucks you're bringing in, just semis are full of cattle every day. Yeah. Wow. You're bringing in, every truckload is about 35 fat cattle. Wow. And you're killing 6,000. Hundreds of truckloads a day. Holy So crap. just the logistical nightmare of making all that work, and then they yeah. rail out, they truck out, employee parking. Is um, there a different facility that will like, do cattle breeding, and then they'll keep that separate from, like, um, you know... Um, from the cows that go to market? Not really. That's more at the ranch level. Yeah. So the one, the one interesting thing about the beef market that a lot of people don't know 
the beef market is comprised of thousands and thousands and thousands of family operations. Mm -hmm. Like the average cow herd size in the U S is like 30 cows. It's very small Mm -hmm. because it's a lot of families. Mm -hmm. Um, the chicken and the pork industry are actually much more vertical, you know, big facilities you're turning and burning and they're all owned vertically because you're turning so much faster. You're turning product, Mm -hmm. um, in the beef space. Um, you know, you have what we call seed stock operators, those are people that have very specific genetic lines that they're trying to propagate so that when people want replacement heifers for their cow herd, that's where you go. Mm. Um, so they will have fallout and those cattle will go to a beef program to actually go into the food supply chain. Um, so there's different parts of the industry that all work in their own niche. Mm, gotcha. Um, but it's not like a facility. It's a whole bunch of people and you know, it's like right out their back door typically. So I have a question with that. So it's like, are they still... So, um, I get the family has, we'll say 30 cows, mm-hmm. right? And then are they just selling the cows whole, like trying to get a hundred dollars per, per cow? Cause that's only going to be like, you know, like three grand or are they able to make money from the different stakes and stuff like that? How so that's why work? we went the way we did So we yeah, can do that. that makes but sense. the the typical way the market works is there's four segments of the cattle market. You have cow-calf producers, which are people that own herds of mother cows, and the commodity they sell is young calves. Okay. Then you have people like my father-in-law who are stalker operators. They buy young calves. We get them straight all winter. We turn them out on grass in the spring. They live at the ranch until August. Then they go to feed yards. Okay. Then the feed yards are the confinement feeding, finish operation for 120, 150 days. Mm -hmm. Then they go to a processor. Okay. So it just depends. Um, and that's why we did what we did. Um, we don't have a mother cow herd. So we source calves from other ranches that we dictate health protocols to. We tell them how it needs to go. We source calves. We do the entire rest of the process. We have our own ranching operation. Yeah. We have our own feed yard. We have our own harvest facility and we're building a fulfillment center this spring. I do like, do cows get sick a lot? Not usually. Not usually, no. No, the biggest risk in a cow's life, like if we take a, a steer that goes into Colorado craft beef, mm-hmm. the biggest issue you typically have is when you wean them. Wean them? What's yeah, you mean? take them off the mom. Okay. Oh, off the milk, off the milk, right? Yeah, you, you okay. remove them from the mom. Mm-hmm. You convert them to their own diet. Typically, they've been on grass all summer, so typically you give them a little bit of hay. You start them on a ration. And that conversion happens right now. October, November is kind of the weaning time of the year for most of the cow herd there are spring wieners as well but <laughs> most of the time in the fall mm-hmm. and when you do that one you've changed their diet two you've changed their location three they typically go in with a bunch of calves from other ranches so now you've mixed bugs mm. oh, yeah. and then you might have some sort of an outbreak they might get some sort of an issue but if you get them through weaning for the most part you're pretty good to go yeah hmm. yeah i've seen um they're like Sometimes I see these cows that have like a bunch of gas in them from like, I don't know, a cyst or something. And mm-hmm. like they poke them with a hole and then uh, all that gas, you know, kind of comes out. What, what's, what, what, what's that usually from? So typically that's called a bloat is a bloat. what they call it. Okay. Um, so a lot of times they, they'll bloat if it gets hot, a big seasonal change, like it goes really cold or really warm. It'll impact their gut health. And instead of being able to release that gas through natural motion, They'll bloat and they'll, they can die from it actually. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because it basically just seizes up their entire GI tract. Um, So you can vent them. 
which I'm not a big fan of. Okay. Um, you can give them oil. You can do other things. Honestly, getting them to move is usually the best thing. Mm-hmm. Just get them moving up and down an alleyway. Like yeah. Um, or something. Yeah. It just gets, gets everything moving. Right. Okay. Like if you eat a big pasta dinner, you can go sit on the couch and feel like a fat sack of shit or, you know, go for a walk, go do yeah. something, help yeah. yourself, get stuff moving. Um, but the other thing you'll occasionally see, this is super bizarre. You see it on online all the time is you'll see, um, like cysts or abscesses or yeah. something. And a lot of times that happens because like where we live, there's cactus. Believe it or not, we're in Colorado, okay. but we do have cactus. They'll eat something and something will get stuck under their tongue and it'll abscess out mm-hmm. under their jaw and you got to pop it. Yeah, yeah. Just a foreign body, not a big deal. You guys at high ele- elevation, Colorado? Oh, uh, like 5,000. We're not in the mountains by any means. Uh, we're like <laughs> northeast of Denver, like 90 miles. 5,000 is pretty high. <laughs> yeah, compared to here. That's yeah. a good thing. I wasn't gassed today. Yeah, so that's good. I, I was having a good day rolling, getting beat up, but I, I didn't ever gas out. Nice. Dude, I was in Canada. We we went to like top of a mountain at um at like a little bit over seven thousand foot elevation, and like just walking some stairs, I was like, I definitely feel a difference. You can feel it. You can feel it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Come come and do a seminar at our school, man. I'll be down. Yeah. You guys get good good mat space. We do. Yeah. yeah. It's uh probably half of what you've got. Give yeah. or take. Yeah, at, at the school I go to usually, I think the Centennial map might be a little bigger. Yeah, we we could chat about it, set some up. Yeah, for sure. Just come hang. We, yeah, I have a twelve by twelve mat at the ranch. Oh yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> might be cool. Yeah. Give yeah. it to them. Yeah, we just roll at the ranch. Uh, you, you can know, give me one of your bulls. I'll see how, how it goes. Barbecue right outside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, other uh, guys at the gym have been joking. They're like, "We need to do like a a steak and roll at the ranch." I'm like. Just they're like you can just have steak rolling off, and we'll just roll into the mat, and everybody can just take turns eating. I'm like, dude, that sounds like somebody's gonna throw up at some <laughs> yeah, point if tra- we're not careful. Training on full belly, kind of steak tough. And roll, steak yeah. yeah, dude, this one time I had to, I had to, I had like two pounds of uh, of brisket and some and some beef rib, and we had to warm. We had to have a training session like within 30 minutes after it. Ooh, not a good decision. Shit. Yeah, that sounds rough. Yeah, kind of kind of tough. Yeah. There's been a few days that I'm like, I, I usually do the lunch class. So it's like 1130 to one ish. Mm-hmm. And then I do a private with my black belt, um, just to learn more. Yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. now what I'm realizing is I just need more mat time. Cause like sitting down functionally going through the motions, I can show a lot of different things. I just yeah. haven't got to the point that it just clicks, right? It just happens. And you can just do it without like thinking kind of thing. Yeah. There's been a few times I've surprised myself. I'm like, huh, I did not even think about that. It just good. happened to work out. Oh, I I've never said I was good. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do a cowboy shit? Like you could ride a horse, mm-hmm. you go, you go rope a, rope a bull. Actually, like my wife ropes. Your wife, wife oh, ropes, wow. yeah. Oh, my wife was third in the nation her senior year of high school. Oh, wow. And shit. female roping. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. Um, I'm a hell ground crew though. You get them roped, I'll make sure I'll make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we we do all that. Like we fix our own fence. We build all our own stuff. We drive you ever, trucks. You ever hop on a bull? No, no. no. Full pass. I'm too tall for that. You're too the tall. perfect size for a bull rider. Because I'm so big. No. <laughs> yeah. no exactly no, the no, opposite. No. <laughs> no, you need what are you a, trying to say? You need a lower center of gravity. Uh, that's that's, that's what I have. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not short. I just have a lower center a of base. gravity. Yeah, that's yeah, good right. base. Good base. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're too tall to have a good base. No, I'm too tall, and my shoulders are too big. Like I'm just top heavy. So, what, what does it take to be a good bull rider? Mm-hmm. A smaller, smaller guy. Need that proper like, jacked, maybe. They, they are, hips. they are super, super shredded. Um, they're really not jacked because they're trying to stay pretty lean. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of the 
best bull riders in the history of the sport lives not too far from here. Be happy to make an introduction. I'm sure Sage would come up. Seven-time world champion. What's his name? Sage Kimsey. Sage Kimsey. So if you guys watch Yellowstone. Yep. Yeah. See the Bloomer trailers that they always have. Bloomer. So he's married to the Bloomer family. They're out of Salado. Oh, wow. Um, I hear there's a whole breed of like Brazilian bull riders that are coming through the ranks. A hundred percent. And have been for, yeah, like 20 years. Brazilian. Oh, yeah. They're hardcore. Oh yeah, they're supposed to have the, this one arena in Brazil that just like holds like massive amounts of people, and it's like it's like a party all week long. You know, I've never actually been. Is that would that be considered like a rodeo event? A rodeo, it's a rodeo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never actually been to a rodeo. I went to a rodeo around here, but uh, I just watched some like barrel racing and like um, fun turkey races, turkey so, races, yeah. something like that. So yeah. you went to some backyard rodeo that <laughs> yeah. somebody put together. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I missed. Uh, came a little bit too late for the you know the real yeah. stuff. Yeah, but I would like to check out Austin rodeo rodeo one I day. Go you know, be, yeah. Be I'll hook you guys up with Sage. I think that'd be a fun conversation. Yeah, there's cool. there's another guy in the rodeo industry. Actually, I've spoken to a couple of his events. Uh, he is a health and wellness coach for rodeo athletes. Oh wow! Flexibility, recovery, wow. Um, great dude. His brother's a national finals qualifier, wow. but he's out of Montana. Uh, he's actually doing an event down here. I think it's like Whitesboro. It's further north. But who's the really well known American bull rider? He's like. A, Pretty skinny guy, a little lanky. Um, JB Mooney. JB Mooney. Yeah, yeah he just yeah. retired like two weeks ago. Oh, really? Broke his neck. Broke his Whoa. neck. Yeah, he's like thirty six though. Fuck. I mean, that sucks, man. Seven yeah. million dollar bull rider or something. Yeah, yeah. JB Mooney. That's how much his career seven. earnings are. Oh wow, wow. Yeah. Seven million. He broke his neck. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like I forgot what it was, but he just announced retirement because he broke his neck at a rodeo. Broke like, it in in competition. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, like. It's kind of hard to train. Like you could train like on maybe lesser bulls, but you not you don't get that real look of like a real right. You gotta be difficult to train. Well, I mean, the typical joke in the bull riding community, especially, is it's not when you it's not if you get hurt, it's when and how bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of truth to that. Like my my father in law and my dad were both bull riders back in the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, dad broke his ri- his riding wrist like four times in the same yeah. spot. Um, they kind of say the same for uh, mo- motocross riders. Like, oh sure, you know, so you're bound to get hurt. It's just uh, how bad and, and when. You I know? think that's like any any sport, though. To be honest, especially well, I mean, jujitsu, MMA. We, we, like, you hear the same thing. But it's, it's probably going to be a worse injury against a fucking like a thousand pound bull. Yeah. Buck, well, there's that with horns. Why not? There's. I feel like they too. do a better job nowadays of shaving the horns down. It's not as uh, not as, as sharp pointy, or something. Not yeah. as big, you know, a little bit. Well, yeah, they don't gore you. Actually, I, I ran into Sage uh, at my hometown rodeo up in Oregon last year. And I, hey, Sage, how you doing? Like, went to shake his hand. He's like, Hey, man, can't shake hands today. I was like, What the hell's going on? And he would, he rode the day before, and his right hand is his free hand, and it came down, and the bull, you know, it was flat on the end, right in the center of his hand, like bruised the bones in the center oh, of his hand. Shit. Wow, that's just terrible. Bizarre stuff. You guys ever man. see those uh I think it's Spain where like they they let the bull just run running the running, yeah, running of the bulls. Yeah, running of the bulls. Yeah. 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 That's full nuts. pass. Full pass on that as well. I'm not <laughs> oh, going to yeah, do that. They, it's just a bunch of normal that. people they're, they're like bull, they're like bowling pins waiting for the ball for the bulls, you know. Yeah, like, fuck that. Wow. I couldn't do it. I'm I'm not interested. <laughs> there's no. there's a lot of weird stuff out there like that I'm just like, nah. Yeah, I don't. It's like the MMA stuff, dude. Going in to just get intentionally punched in the face. <laughs> if you need that money, I, I get it. But if you don't have to do it, yeah. Fuck, tough, tough job. Like we had some uh, MMA fighters to um, hear this, 
here this weekend, like Sonya Dong and yeah, Sonya Dong and uh, was it Brendan, yeah, Allen, Brendan Brendan Allen. Brendan, yeah. I, I was yeah. giving him a bad time after training. I was like, dude, I was because he had on shorts and a shirt that said Allen on it. I was yeah. like, is that a brand? I've never seen the brand. That I we got talking. I was like, dude, now I feel like a dick. It's your name. It was just on your shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah. he was super cool because um, we sent some beef to some other UFC guys last week uh, through the Jocko Fuel team. Oh yeah. And it was like to Max Griffin and Bo Nickel and a couple of those oh, guys. So He's nice. like, dude, yeah, he got, he got some beef from you. I was like, you need some beef? He's like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> hit me up on IG, dude. I'll send you some beef. Nice, nice. So, yeah, he does some hunting himself. He does like uh, Hunter Venison. And, Brendan, and sure. Brendan, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Louisiana kid. Yeah. I, how did they make veal? So veal's just younger calves. I so. heard something like they, I thought that like they put them in like a small pen or something. Don't let them move so like they don't build muscles and stuff. No, that... that's that's inaccurate. That's the South Park reference. Okay, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's an old well, school South yeah. Park episode where they had them like chained down, and that's yeah. that's incorrect. Okay, okay. Um, the lies can 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 become almost facts so not, easily. Did you think that? Oh, four hundred. Right, I thought that was come on. I could be the only person. I was like, I know this answer. You put me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, actually, a lot of the veal market is um, steers from the dairy market mm. because obviously you're a dairy you don't need male cattle because you need female cattle for milk production yeah. right but female cows will, they'll milk whenever even when they're not pregnant well no what they just cycle them back so they oh, yeah. t- the calves will go out and then they put them in the milking string until they go dry then they re-inseminate have another calf restart oh i see um so when you have heifers you know female calves mm. in the dairy space they go on to the dairy processing side where they're growing them and getting them ready to go into the dairy herd yeah the steers on the other hand the young male calves are put into the veal pipeline okay the dairy cows it is important for them to eat grain eat grass like like does the their diet really affect the how quality of the milk Absolutely. Yeah, really. Did you not watch Napoleon Dynamite? Napoleon. Do you remember I that? I did. It was he, years he tasted ago. the milk I, and he goes, it tastes like this cow got an onion patch, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I'm glad you guys get my movie references. That's Most so of the funny. groups I talk to, I'm too old, man. The movie references don't <laughs> no, come through. No. But, you know, what they're eating certainly impacts milk because it's fat, right? The yeah. flavor in milk is typically the fat. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing about the dairy industry, dude, those people have it dialed like everything they measure is down to like the third decimal point because it's like when they go up to eat they go up to a system and they have a either rfid tag in their ear or they sometimes have a waddle like a tag on their chest Mm -hmm. that's uh read via radio frequency and they walk up they go to eat and it drops a certain amount of feed and as they eat it it measures how much they ate and when they walk away it drops what's left and measures exactly what they consumed oh wow, wow. and then when they go up to milk same deal they milked it was exactly this much milk down to like the tenth of an ounce that's then collated back to how much they ate how much did they produce it's crazy like the yeah. dairy industry is so so good at their data um it's incredible to watch damn that's wow, impressive wow. I'm not accurate at all in life. I just kind of wing it. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm 100% with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's your guys' favorite steak? Steak? Ribeye. Ribeye. There you yeah, go. Yeah, Why? I just like the marbling, you know. I like the there fat in between there, you know. I like high fat. I'm not... Everyone likes, you know, fillets, but it's too mm-hmm. it's too lean for me. I need I need the fat. I like the marbling. Tastes, tastes a little Yeah, I like, I like the way uh, ribeye sears. Um, I also like the... You almost get two different cuts. You know, you have the 
the rim of it, the baby. You have the cap? The cap. Yeah, the ribeye cap. Ribeye cap. Yeah. You have two different textures of meat. And then, um, fuck, I, I love a good steak. I, I ate steak for like um, almost seven or eight years straight, strictly. Like I almost didn't touch any um, any chicken for nice. every long time. To be, yeah. to be honest, I eat, I eat primarily beef. Yeah. Like, I think it's best probably, for performance, to be honest with you. They, probably bad for cholesterol, but for, I eat it like four to five times a week. I, I was eating too much. I think that was my main issue. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. So my, uh, yeah. so my wife is the science nerd, but the way she described it to me is beef is the most uh, molecularly similar in construction to us. It's the most bioavailable. It's the one that's going to actually... Um, nourish you the best because of its a bioavailability and how similar it is to what we operate yeah. as, you know, as a mammal. Yeah. Wow, wow. We, yeah, we are mammals. So why might as well eat, the, eat us, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Would you eat a human? Uh, yeah. Man, that, that just got dark as hell in no time. He said we eat us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, it depends on the situation If like, you know, if we're in a apocalyptic situation and I have to eat this fat, this fat dude, like, you know, it is what it is. He's probably like pretty marbly himself. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> no oh man, that took a dark turn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I wouldn't have to eat another guy. I feel like I could, I could find something, but yeah, I could definitely find something. But what about the soccer not, team? If you're not pulling your weight, there was like that soccer team that that crash landed in the mountains. Oh, that was then, like down in South Africa or South America, right? I think South America. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. like Chile or something. I forget what they ate it, each other. Um, they had to eat like pieces of like their teammates to wow. survive because yeah. uh, they, they, they were. You're in the they're in the jungle. I think it was the yeah. winter. I think it was like the winter. I think it was like mountains, mountainous. Mm, like I, mean, I would try to it. hunt first, definitely, but then you know. If it came down to it, kill it, eat the goalie first. You know. <laughs> yeah. We don't need his ass anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You guys uh, uh, want to keep going or call it quits? I'm good, man. Whatever you guys want to do. Let's go. Almost an hour. Yeah, almost an hour. That's good. I gotta head out to Muay Thai anyway. Yeah, sure. sounds good. All right, guys. Thanks for watching the Simple Men podcast. Um, I'm Damien. Nikki Rod. I'm Jeff with Colorado Craft Beef. You can find us at. All the Instagram and Facebook things are all at Colorado Craft Beef, except for Twitter, which is Colorado Craft Beef. And, uh, you know, we're just out doing good things for more people. And when you're supporting our beef company, you're actually buying beef from ranchers. That's a, it's a new thing. There's a lot of beef companies out there, meat companies out there that are slinging meat with not a lot of backstory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Support the American dream right here. That's right. Colorado exactly. beef. Let's go. Yeah. Colorado Craft Beef. If you watch the podcast to its completion, leave a cow emoji or bull emoji in the YouTube comments so we know that you you watch till the end. You've been simplified. See you guys. See you. Sick. Jeff, go work, man. Yeah, Jeff, thanks for coming. Oh, on, of course. Man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, we've got three more shows in the next two days. Nice.